You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Tap into the show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All links will be in the episode description. Submit original work and future episode suggestions to girlgoodnightpodcast at gmail.com. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. Tonight, we will be reading Paper Heart written by Keisha Irvin. Tune in to Paper Heart Chapter 1 to hear more about the author and a summary of the story. On last week's episode, a fight breaks out when Lennon and Knight run into Scotland at the Fraser's dinner party. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. The devil is a lie. You won't get to have your cake and eat it too. Jenny Levet, not good enough. Chapter 16. Knight was so heated after the crazy dinner from hell that he didn't even bother taking Lennon home. He was so pissed off that he didn't want to look at her face. The dumbass ignorant statements that she made instantly made him look at her differently. He knew exactly who she was. She was an uppity spoiled princess that looked down on the lower class. She didn't like certain types of black people, and the certain types of black people she didn't rock with were the people that grew up just like him. It didn't matter that he was a multimillionaire and wore Ferragamo suits and ties. He was still the same little black boy that grew up on the west side of St. Louis. He could feel the hunger pains in his stomach from the nights he didn't have food to eat. Privileged people like Lennon would never understand that. She never knew what it was like to struggle which was ultimately causing the demise of their relationship. Lennon didn't even see the things that were wrong. She also didn't understand why Knight refused to take her home. Knight didn't give a fuck how she felt or about the fingerprints that were imprinted into the skin of her neck. He had to go see Scotland. He had to go make things right with her. The whole ride over, he tried calling her and she wouldn't answer the phone. Knight pulled in front of her building and parked his car. He didn't even bother to turn off the engine. He jumped out and ran down the walkway. Frantically, he rang the doorbell and pounded his fist on the door. Scotland sat at the top of the steps. She knew he was coming. 
Each pound of his fist against the door caused her heart to skip a beat. She knew if she answered the door, he'd say something to pull her back in, and she couldn't chance it. It was time to end whatever it was she and he had. Seeing him with Lennon confirmed her quiet fears. He could never truly love her or be hers. Although they came up the same, they were completely different. She would never be smart or classy enough. She would never fit into his social circle of friends. She didn't have what it would take. Paul and Lennon were right. She was useless, ghetto trash. Scotland, open up. I need to talk to you, Knight yelled. Baby, I'm sorry. Let me explain. You gonna need to shut up all that damn noise. Lisa stepped outside smoking a cigarette and drinking a cup of coffee. What the hell is wrong with you? Folks trying to watch Scandal. Scotland, you better come get him before I call the police. Scotland let out a long, deep sigh. She would rather pull her teeth out one by one than face night, but she got up anyway. She didn't need the police knocking on her door, especially with all the racial tension in St. Louis. Hesitantly, she unlocked the door and opened it. Knight's hand immediately fell to his side once he saw her face. Scotland's eyes were swollen with tears. Girl, what the hell you done did to this man? Lisa asked, standing back on her leg. She was in her robe and slippers like always. He don't know niggas get shot for disturbing the peace. She looked Knight up and down. It's okay, Lisa. He won't make any more noise. Scotland said exasperated. Lisa looked at her and saw how distraught and swollen her face was. This nigga ain't hit you, did he? You ain't gonna be Chris Brown and my girl, nigga. Scotland, say the word and I call the homies from up the street, Lisa said ready to pop off. No, he didn't hit me, Scotland replied. Yo, can you give us a minute? Knight said with an attitude. Ooh! Lisa clutched her invisible pearls. Excuse me, choosy lover. You ain't saying nothing but a word and turn me on all at the same damn time. She winked her eye and walked back inside. What's up? Scotland asked with a stone expression on her face. Don't what up me. You already know what it is. I've been hitting your phone and you ain't answering. That's what we do now? Night me mugged her. What you mean is that what we do? We ain't shit. You made that clear tonight, bruh, so I don't even understand why you're here. I'm here because I love you. I'm sorry that I didn't say it when you wanted me to, but I needed some time to figure this all out. Now you love me? Okay. Scotland massaged her forehead. She was starting to get a headache. And figure what out, Knight? There's nothing to figure out. We met, we kissed, we fucked and pillow talked a little bit. That's it. I don't know why I made myself believe that you were going to leave old girl and we were going to be together. I don't know why I'm so fucking stuck on stupid. All my life I've been waiting on someone to save me, whether it be my birth parents, my friends, or some damn man, but I always end up at the same place, here with a cracked face and a broken ass heart. I can't keep doing this to myself. I won't do this to myself anymore because it hurts way too fucking much. So please, Knight, do us both a favor and turn around and leave. Let's just act like neither one of us ever existed. Knight hung his head and licked his bottom lip. He could never do that. I can't do that. Well, you're gonna have to, Scotland refused to budge. Knight eyed her quizzically. 
You and I both know that there ain't no forgetting this. How could I forget you? You're perfect. I couldn't pray you away even if I wanted to. He massaged her cheek with his thumb. You're a part of me now. I ain't expect this shit to happen, but it did, and now I can't let you go. I don't give a fuck how mad you get, how much you get in your feelings, or try to push me away. You're mine. Ain't shit gonna change that. Scotland gazed deep into his smoldering brown eyes. She could see herself wrapping her arms around his neck and hugging him with all of her might. She imagined the feel of his warm breath on the side of her neck as he held her close and she allowed herself to believe his words. Maybe she was jumping the gun by giving up so soon. She could tell he was being truthful about his feelings. His lips spoke nothing but the truth, but she played the fool one too many times for men like night before. She was over being any man's second choice. It was either all or nothing. I'm done, Scotland stepped back. Please respect that and leave me alone. She took one last look into his sorrowful eyes and closed the door in his face. When I said I didn't need you, boy, you know I was just fronting hard. Brandy, without you. Chapter 17. Scotland lay in her bed with her phone up to her ear. The sound of the phone ringing was killing her softly. This had to be her 15th time calling night. He hadn't bothered to pick up any of the times. Scotland felt like she was going insane. It had only been a few days since she quit her job and told Knight that she was done with him. She'd been sick ever since. She never thought in a million years she'd miss him so much. They'd only known each other for a short amount of time, but the impact that he'd had on her life was profound. He'd opened her up to the possibility of real, true love. She'd been in and out of her tumultuous relationship with murder for so long and been disrespected on so many occasions that she'd forgotten what a healthy relationship looked like. Her biggest fears were falling back into that rut with night. Her heart could no longer take shock and disappointment. She yearned for a slow and steady love. The question still remained, could and would night give her that? After only one night, she began to regret her decision. She missed him so much it hurt. She tried hitting him up so they could talk things out, but he wouldn't answer. After all the beautiful words he'd spoken to her, she never expected him to shun her. Maybe he was just spitting game to her the whole time. Maybe she was the only one that had fallen so deep. Scotland never thought she'd be in this space again. She jumped too soon to say fuck it, and now had to suffer the consequences. She'd acted on emotion instead of thinking about long-term repercussions. The lovesick, nauseating feeling in her stomach was equivalent to death. She just wished he'd answer the phone. The silent treatment he was giving her was too much to bear. The fact that she was not only manless, but jobless was killing her even more. Mrs. Fraser had called and apologized profusely for Mr. Fraser's behavior but Scotland wouldn't accept it. Mrs. Fraser apologizing on behalf of her husband wasn't going to fly. She'd done nothing wrong. Mr. Fraser owed her a personal apology, but she'd never get it. Mr. Fraser was a delusional bigot. Although she'd been fired by the nanny agency for her poor behavior, Mrs. Fraser begged her to return to work, but Scotland refused. She could never work there again. Mr. Fraser didn't respect her. 
she'd miss the kids terribly, but being treated like dirt wasn't worth her self-respect or her dignity. Scotland would work at McDonald's if she had to. From the looks of her damn near empty wallet, she was going to have to. Scotland lay on her back gazing at the ceiling. She hadn't left her bed in days. It had become her safe haven, her sanctuary. Clothed in her favorite Victoria's Secret pink pajamas, she closed her eyes and tried to erase visions of night from her mind. She tried to think about anything but him. Nothing was working. He kept invading her memory bank. Scotland propped her eyes open. Fuck this shit, she groaned, placing a pillow over her face. Get over it. It's over. You said you were done fucking with him, so deal with it. He ain't even answering your phone calls no way. Keep it pushing, Ma. The dick wasn't even that good anyway, Scotland tried to convince herself. Bitch, please, who you fooling? That shit was magically delicious. Damn, I'ma miss that shit. She glided her left hand across her breast. You gotta get over this, nigga. You fucked up your whole life behind this shit. What the fuck were you thinking? Scotland asked herself sitting up. Her knees were up to her chest. Knight and Lennon are gonna be good. You the dumb one sitting up here with no man and no job. This is by far the dumbest thing you've done. Scotland closed her eyes again. A single tear slipped out of the corner of her eye. Flashbacks of the first time she and Knight kissed, them lying side by side in the park, and making love on the balcony in Miami tortured her. She wanted to scream, but if she screamed, the whole world would hear her cries. Lord, I want him back. I don't care. I just want him back. She cried into the palms of her hand. Then suddenly, her cell phone began to ring. The sound of Alex Isley's set-in-stone ringtone caused her to nearly jump out of her skin. It was night. Scotland's heart began to pound like a bass drum. She wasn't expecting God to answer her prayers, and especially not so fast. With a sweaty hand, she answered the call. Hello, she said, barely able to breathe. Come outside, Knight demanded, then hung up. Puzzled, Scotland held the phone for a second. She wondered what he was up to. Maybe he wanted to tell her to stop calling him face to face. Scotland slid out of bed and threw on her leopard print house shoes. She'd never been more afraid in her life. She knew she told him it was over, but she was just angry at the moment and didn't really mean it. She had to make him see that she was just tripping. She understood now that he needed time to make such a detrimental decision. Sure, she loved him, and she was sure he loved her too, but loving each other didn't out-trump a relationship he had for years. Or did it? Scotland stepped out into the afternoon sun. She hadn't felt the rays from the sun in days. Knight sat inside his Mercedes-Benz S-Class coupe. It was obvious by his slouch posture that he wasn't getting out to open the door. Scotland pulled the door handle and got in. Hi, she spoke softly sliding down into the passenger seat. Knight didn't speak back. He turned up the volume on the radio and sped off. Scotland turned the volume down and asked, Where are we going? I ain't even locked my door. Fuck that door. 
Knight turned the volume up high and gripped the steering wheel tightly. The veins in his forearm protruded through his skin. Sex appeal and anger oozed from his veins. Scotland examined the side of his face. From the serious expression on his face, she could tell he had a lot on his mind. He looked stressed out. He hadn't shaved. He wore a simple white tee, jeans, and Tim's. The intoxicating scent of his cologne filled every crevice of the car. He hadn't looked her way once, but she didn't care. He was there next to her. That was all that mattered. It didn't matter where they were heading or that she looked a hot mess as long as they were together. Drew Anthony's FYIWW for You I Will Wait played as he drove. The song had a cinematic, romantic feel to it. The singer talked about taking things slow for the woman he loved. He promised that he would always be there for her. Scotland wondered if Knight felt the same way. 15 minutes later, they pulled into a residential neighborhood in the Central West End. Knight parked the car. Get out, he demanded. Scotland eyed him sideways and rolled her eyes. She could only take but so much of his bossiness. Feeling some type of way, she did as she was told and got out of the car. A middle-aged white woman jogged down the street. She looked at Scotland curiously. Scotland immediately remembered that she was dressed in her pajamas during the middle of the day. She also didn't have on a bra. Scotland quickly folded her arms across her chest. Come on. Knight took her by the hand and led her up a flight of steps that led to a three-story brick row home. Knight pulled out a key and unlocked the door. He escorted Scotland inside the empty house and turned on the lights. Scotland looked around in awe and bewilderment. The house was everything she'd ever dreamt or prayed for. She wondered why Knight had brought her there. Was he trying to throw up in her face that he bought him and Lynn in a home? Whose house is this? She asked, strolling around the living area. It's ours, Knight said at once. Scotland spun around and looked at him. It's whose? Ours? That's why I haven't been answering any of your calls. I've been busy securing this for us. You lying. Scotland twisted her lips to the side in disbelief. You didn't buy this house for real. Here's your set of keys. Knight reached inside his pocket and handed them to her. You can start moving your things in today if you like. Knight, like seriously, wait a minute. Scotland said, feeling faint. I can't afford this. I just quit my job, and even with a gig, I couldn't afford this. It's already bought and paid for. You always said that you wanted a house like this, so I got it for you. I got it for us. He stepped closer. That's how serious I am about me and you. I told you I don't play about how I feel. When I said I loved you, I meant it. I'm cutting things off with linen. I want to be with you. So what's up? You down or what? Hold up. Scotland paused. What brought all of this on? Just a minute ago, you weren't sure. When you told me you were done fucking with me, that messed me up for real. I couldn't have that, so I had to make a choice. Respect your decision and be miserable without you, or man up and step up to the plate. Like you said, love doesn't have a time limit. 
And no matter how hard I tried to fight it, love kept creeping in. You're the one for me. You're the woman I need. Scotland's entire face lit up. She couldn't contain herself. Tears of joy filled her eyes. I love you, she leapt into his arms. Her arms and legs were wrapped around him as she kissed his face repeatedly. Knight held her in his arms and laughed. He hadn't felt this good about the decision in a long time. Leaving Lennon to be with Scotland was a no-brainer. She filled every need he ever desired. She made him undeniably happy. Being without her, if only for a few days, was excruciating. He never wanted to feel that kind of pain ever again in life. She was his baby. He wanted to tell the whole world about their love. He wasn't the type of dude that believed in love at first sight, but from the moment they met, he knew there was something special about her. She was the missing piece to the puzzle of his life. Now that he had her, everything felt right. I love you so much, Scotland said sincerely. Yo fake ass, now you love me? Get the fuck out of here. The other day it was fuck me, Knight mocked her. I do love you, Scotland grinned. Act like it then. Don't ever come out your mouth and say you done fucking with me. You understand? I understand. Now give me a kiss because I missed you. I ain't giving you shit, Knight chuckled. For Lennon, it was just another typical day. She finished work and was now headed home to unwind. Never in a million years did she expect to walk in on night packing his things. They hadn't really been talking since the altercation at the Frasers, but that wasn't new. She and Knight were always at odds. Just as displeased as he was with her, she was equally displeased with him. It had been hard for her to even be around him. He made her look like an idiot in front of Paul and Maggie. No matter what happened or how he felt, he was supposed to have her back. She would never forgive him for that. She never thought he would be so mad he'd want to pack up and leave. Lennon placed down her keys and purse slowly. Knight didn't even bother to look in her direction. Lennon wasn't in the mood for a fight, but if Knight wanted a showdown, he was about to get one. So you're not going to even speak to me? I know you see me standing here, she spat. Knight continued to pack his things in silence, pretending that Lennon wasn't even there. Are you going on a trip that I don't know about? She walked over to the opposite side of the bed he was on. Nah, I'm moving out. Knight grabbed another stack of shirts from the, out of the closet. Excuse me? What do you mean you're moving out? What I mean is, Knight paused for a second and looked at her, is that this, he pointed back and forth between him and her, is a wrap. I don't want to be with you no more. Lennon stood speechless. She couldn't have possibly heard him right. Knight couldn't possibly be breaking up with her. She was Lennon Whitmore. Nobody dissed Lennon Whitmore. Lennon was a woman that always got what she wanted. No one ever turned her down or said no to her. This had to be some kind of joke. Knight, she chuckled. We're not breaking up. We're engaged. We're about to get married, she tried reasoning. You might be getting married, 
but I'm not. Is this still about the other night? I told you I was sorry. It was the wine talking. I didn't mean any of it, she lied. A drunk always tells the truth, night shot. I'm not a drunk, Lennon corrected him, offended by his comment. Knight, you really have to learn how to forgive and forget. I've apologized to you and so has Paul. Carrying all of this anger inside of you is not healthy. You and Paul can kiss my ass. I don't fuck with either one of y'all. Like I told Paul today at work, respect me and I'll respect you. Other than that, stay the fuck away from me, Knight warned. Lennon felt her face become hot. She was about to have a stroke. The wedding she'd been planning for months was only two months away. All of her friends and family would be there. It was the social event of the year. She would look like a complete loser if she had to call it off. You can't do this to me, she panicked as her chest heaved up and down. What will everybody think? She massaged her temples. See, that's your problem. You always worrying about what somebody else gonna think. Fuck what everybody else thinks. What about what I think or how I feel? Don't you think I get tired of hearing that shit? Knight barked. Lennon's mind raced. In her mind, there had to be another logical explanation to why Knight was behaving the way he was. It couldn't have possibly been because she was a selfish bitch. No, 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 no. You will not do this to me. I won't stand for it. Knight sat on the side of the bed facing the wall. He tried his best to drown out Lennon's screams. He was mentally drained. He was tired of fighting with Lennon. He didn't have the energy to anymore. She was delusional. She was more concerned with them having to call off the wedding versus him leaving her. Knight didn't care though. He had one bag left to pack and he was up. He was ready to move on from her and her toxic attitude. He deserved to be genuinely happy with a woman that didn't put him down or treat him like he was less than she was. Their relationship was doomed from the start. She never appreciated him. She always looked down on him and his upbringing. She never took the time out to fully understand him. She never wanted to become closer to his family. Knight should have known their relationship was doomed when his mother didn't like her. He figured if he loved her enough, she'd grow to love him just the same. Years later, they were still right where they began. He couldn't take pretending to be happy anymore, especially when he had somebody as sweet and as caring as Scotland by his side. In a matter of a month, she'd come and completely changed his entire existence on earth. His job was to love her with every fiber of his being. A woman like her deserved every ounce of love he had to give. If given the chance, he wanted to spend the rest of his life figuring out ways to show her just how much she meant to him. She no longer had to worry about him being indecisive and playing with her heart. She was what he wanted. Knight knew Scotland's heart was fragile. He often imagined it being like paper and torn into a million little pieces. With time, love, and patience, he'd mend those tattered pieces back together like she'd done for him. I can't believe you're doing this to me, Lennon cried, pacing back and forth. The hem of her hoop skirt twirled with each turn. She was so distraught she couldn't breathe. What did I do to deserve this? 
You just up and decide one day that you're done? Who does that? You. Because you have no regard for anyone but yourself. You sound fucking stupid. Knight shook his head. You really think this came out of nowhere? He looked over his shoulder at her. Where the fuck have you been this entire relationship? Here, supporting and grooming your ungrateful ass for success. Do you know all the things I've had to put up with just to be with you? I had to suffer through that horrid music you like to listen to, your ghetto boy flashy clothes, heart artery clogging fried foods, your illiterate homeboys, and let's not even talk about your ratchet mother and hood rat sisters. Yo, you said one more thing about my family, and I swear to God I'ma fuck you up. Knight warned, feeling like his head was about to explode. Back in the day, he would've fucked somebody up for saying some disrespectful shit like that. He wasn't trying to go to jail, but if Lennon kept it up, he was sure to end up there. My reputation has been ruined because of you. I'm gonna look like a total loser, and Lennon Chanel Whitmore is not a loser. I'm up. Knight grabbed his duffel bag and headed towards the door. I'm not done talking to you. Lennon raced behind him and grabbed him by the arm. What have I told you about touching me? Knight looked down at her hand on his arm. Lennon could see the venom in his eyes. She quickly removed her hand from his arm and composed herself. I just want to know what I did wrong. Tell me, what did I do? She pleaded. When I told you it was over, did you ever stop to say I love you? Don't go. I'm sorry. Let's try and work this out. Knight quizzed. Lennon tried to think of a quick comeback to explain why she hadn't done any of those things, but couldn't think of anything quick enough. I'll answer that for you, Knight remarked. No, you didn't. Everything that has come out of your mouth has been me this, me that. This relationship has been all about you. It was never about us, and that's why I'm done fucking with you. That's some bullshit and you know it. You know how I feel about you. I love you. Let's be real, Lennon. You don't love me. You feel sorry for me. I'm like a charity case to you. Fucking with me is like slimming for you. That's not true, she lied. We can fix this, night. I'll change. I'll do better. Just don't leave me, she said as a stream of tears fell from her cheeks. Please don't leave, she wept. Oh my God, I think I'm gonna be sick, she held her stomach. The room had begun to spin. Lennon had to sit down or else she was going to faint. Slowly, she slid down the wall and sat down. For a minute, Knight almost believed she was sincere. He'd never seen Lennon so broken. She never cried or showed real emotion. Once the room stopped spinning, Lennon looked up at him and said, Our wedding is around the corner, Knight. I can't look like a fool. We can get married and then annul it. I just can't look stupid. Knight shook his head and scoffed. You're fucking insane. I gotta go. He turned to walk away. Is it somebody else? Lennon eased her way off the floor. Knight stopped dead in his tracks. Yeah, it is. He answered without hesitation. Who is it? That ain't important. The fact that it ain't you is all you should be concerned with. No, tell me. I can handle it, Lennon lied. Is it Jill from accounting? 
No, it's not her, Lyndon answered her own question. Is it your assistant? She continued to guess. It's not anybody we work with, Knight sighed heavily. Then who is it? Lyndon stomped her foot. It's Scotland. Lyndon blinked her eyes. Stunned weren't the words to describe how she felt. She truly felt as if she'd been kicked in the stomach with a steel-toed boot. The chick that ran into your car. The Fraser's former nanny. The girl who whipped your ass the other day. Scotland. That's who I'm leaving you for. Now, if you'll excuse me, I gotta go. She's waiting on me. Knight turned and walked out the door. You bastard. Lennon picked up a crystal vase and threw it at his head. As Knight closed the door behind him, the vase went crashing into the wall, breaking into a million pieces. Are you still up? Girl, good night. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.